Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. That just made me shit myself. <laughs> what? My headphones are really loud. <laughs> there you go. Good start. Great big owl. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, should we just should we just start? Should we just get straight in? Oh. Hi, I'm Pete Allison. Here's Dave Cribb. A non-traditional start to the podcast. There. Uh, ahoy, hoy. Uh, hi. How are things? I, I, I'm feeling good because I feel like you're. Uh, terrified start has meant that you haven't done some sort of minor insult towards oh, me in your I'm, intro. I'm all a quiver, Dave. You are all a quiver. Off the back of last week's episode, Peter, you sent me a screenshot of a message that we received. I mean, it was wild. It is <laughs> really wild. So it comes from uh, uh, one of your <laughs> one of your bagpipe anecdotes. <laughs> you know, every week on the podcast, I tell a quick bagpipe anecdote. <laughs> just happened that last week was the episode where ross played the bagpipe so it tied mm. in for the first time ever yeah um but we got a message from andy newby who said uh the highlight of the week i've been listening to friends with friends all along friends was part of my university life i watched it religiously etc etc anyway so imagine my surprise when i was listening to this morning's pod and realized that me and dave obviously went to the same school uh, and this is a niche anecdote from the last week's podcast, but uh, Andy has sent me a picture of himself and our former bagpipe-playing teacher, Mr. Bailey. So at first, when I saw Andy's message, I just thought, oh, there's a photo of Andy with uh, another old man who plays the bagpipes. My my brain did not make the connection between your old bagpiping man <laughs> and Andy's bagpiping man. But turns out, same old bagpiping man. Same bagpiping man. And the, the main reason I bring this up is because uh, Andy reminded me of an excellent fact about Mr. Bailey. And I can't believe I talked about Mr. Bailey, but w- without uh, flagging this extra fact up. And he goes on to say... I had the same thing once with Chris Addison, the wonderful comedian, director and writer, uh, who was on the Armando Iannucci show years ago talking about Mr. Bailey and how he'd guarded Rudolf Hess during World War II. Wow. (laughs) So not just a bagpiper, my friend. Um, So there you go. So uh, Mr. Bailey, bagpiper, guard of Hess. Rudolf Hess apparently came over to Scotland during World War II near the end and was uh, trying to do some peace talks. And they had to set up a guard around Hess. So there you go. Blimey. 
Whew, what a start to the story, eh? Well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> if you've got any anecdotes about your former teachers and the Nazis, please <laughs> get in touch with us on social media. <laughs> Should we talk about this week's episode, Pitta? Yes, what we got. Oh, my days. What we have got, Pete, is a double request. <gasps> I don't know why I'm acting like I don't know what the episode is and that I haven't just watched it. Yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't watched it already, then we're in some trouble, I'd say. So we've got Amy on Instagram and we've got Pip on Facebook. I, I reckon first come, first serve. First come, first serve. Okay, so we'll build up to the voice note. So Amy on Instagram. Hi, guys. I've got an episode recommendation for the podcast. The one where Estelle dies. Curveball, question mark. You t- no, hang on. You have to say that again. You, you sounded too cheerful saying the one where Estelle dies. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Hi, guys. I have an episode recommendation for the podcast. The one where Estelle dies. Thank you. A bit more mournful. Uh, reasons. It's one of the lesser thought of eps where you might not remember all the storylines just from the title, but A, B and C plot lines are all great. Feature some of my favourite all-time classic Schwimmer face acting. Uh, Janice makes a surprise appearance which is always a lovely treat and it features the marvellous combo of Joey and Phoebe uh, with some good old Joey Phoebe cuteness Uh, so there you go so that is Amy's request Uh, shall I play you Pip's request yes please hey Dave and Pete Uh, this is Pip from Bristol Um, I've picked season 10 episode 15 the one where Estelle dies uh, Estelle's one of my favourite characters I think she's hilarious um, This is also the last appearance of Janice um, In all the series So it's quite quite nice to have her in the same episode um, I hope you enjoy the quiz um, And I hope you enjoy the episode And actually Pete, she sent a second voice note Which is the answer to the quiz she has set oh. Here's the thing Peter Both Amy and Pip have sent a lightning round Attention to detail questions Oh crap Which we haven't had for a while And you said crap because you know that the system is That I will ask you the questions Yeah and I've also just realised that when I watched the episode I, I, I wasn't watching it with excruciating detail focus on for, right. for pre-quiz did I warn you last week that you'd have to do that? All right, see, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm excited about that, though. We haven't had a quiz for a while, have we? Shall we start then, Peter, with the synopsis, as is traditional? Uh, season 10, episode 15. Uh, the one where Estelle dies. Joey's agent Estelle dies, but the group doesn't want to tell him as it could push him over the edge after all the recent changes he's witnessed. Phoebe therefore impersonates Estelle's voice, pretending to still be alive to try and get Joey to fire her. But Joey ends up terrified when he gets a phone call from Estelle after learning about her death. Meanwhile, whilst being shown their new home by their realtor, Monica and Chandler are horrified to find that Janice is considering buying the house next door, leading Chandler to take drastic measures to ensure she doesn't move in, and Ross tries to get Rachel her old job back so she won't move to Paris. However, when he succeeds, she becomes upset that although she won't have to leave her friends, she won't be able to visit the fashion capital of the world. In the end, Ross persuades her to do what she wants to do. Interesting about the synopsis, the fashion capital of the world is actually a clickable Wikipedia link and links straight through to Paris. Oh, I thought it was going to be a different city then. Yeah. (laughs) Linked straight through to Norwich. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there you go. Quite a long synopsis. Thank you, Wikipedia, this week. Our work cut out. Where would you like to start, Pete? Would you like to start with um, Estelle? Would you like to start with Monica and Chandler's other house, or would you like to start with Ross and Mr. Zellner? Uh, let's start with Monica and Chandler. Yes, agreed. Good decision. I'd say the the premise of this bit is 
confused at the start, isn't it? Because they learn that the house next door to their house is going up for sale and they suddenly decide, what if we want to buy that house instead? It's mad in that she's considering that she might change her mind about her own house. Mm. But I would also be really nosy about my neighbour's place and want to know what it was like. Like the, the flat above mine was up for rent recently I have absolutely no intention of moving, but I still went online and did the watch the little video tour of it just to know what was above me. I thought you were going to say you could uh, you you went and booked a, a viewing and went <laughs> no. all the ground. And where will you be moving from, sir? Oh, the bottom of the stairs, beneath this floor. Yes, <laughs> that's kind of what I mean in the sense that I would have probably understood it more if they'd have gone. Should we just have a little nosy just to yeah, just to it's see? Pretty wild that their their affection for their own house, their dream house, their dream house that we've heard lots about, is so vulnerable that viewing one other house once might take away their dream home. It's not like nipping to a shop and going, "Do I want that banana? Oh no, that banana looks better. I'll just put this other banana back." Like there must there's so much faff involved in buying a house that it'd be such an upheaval to suddenly go. Actually, I don't want that one. I want the one next door, please. Um, I'll tell you who uh, doesn't uh, bat an eyelid about it is Jane Lynch. Yes. Uh, Jane Lynch, lovely little Jane Lynch appearance here. Um, Just as she was starting to get quite famous, I would say, around that time. It's hard to do the Friends chronology, isn't it? But 2004, we're still like, we're still five years off Glee. They don't actually say they're interested in buying the house to her. Did you notice that? They just say, we want to have a look around because we're moving in next door. Uh, She is a very laissez-faire realtor. Because not only does she just go, oh, yeah, have a wander around. I'm just nipping upstairs to speak to the other prospective buyer I'm showing around. Also, later, once they discover it's Janice, (laughs) and Janice goes, come on, let's talk numbers, the realtor and Janice both leave the house and just leave Monica and Chandler in the empty house that doesn't belong to them. A few of them are going a bit AWOL, because when Chandler has his conversation with Janice, where he declares his undying mm. love for her, where's Monica? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where's she gone? There's a whole set of interesting circumstances that lead to this plotline, which does, on every level, feel like something they tacked on to the other two. Like They felt like they were like, we have to round off Estelle's journey. That's like quite a big part of Friends. The Rachel Paris thing is obviously the main thing that's happening in Friends at the moment. I guess this is the Janice roundup as well. We're getting rid of Estelle and Janice in one episode. Yeah, we are very late in the day in Friends here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's this, then there's one more, then it's the finale. So it's like, and it's the proper beginning of the end because the start of this episode, uh, very uncharacteristically, has a previously on Friends. The big cliffhanger, the, the job's in Paris. And they just re-show that bit again. But the one with Princess Consuela, which ended with The Jab is in Paris, aired on February the 26th of 2004. And the one where Estelle dies aired on April the 22nd. Oh, that's quite a while for a little bombshell like that, isn't a it? A two-month cliffhanger mid-season. Why did they take a break in the middle of the season? I know the season's shorter because basically Jennifer Aniston was getting too uh, famous <laughs> and had to go and do all of the big films so uh there's only 20 oh there's only 18 episodes in this final series rather than 24 as normal all of the big films but also some quite crap (laughs) yeah i think i think the one she went off to do was along came polly straight after friends so uh good job she cut that short so chandler's reaction when janice appears is great i really i really enjoyed that the uh oh my god he just looks around and goes sure 
the uh, the resigned inevitability of uh, of Chandler. Actually, I think this is quite a good Chandler episode. It is actually because the other great Chandler moment is his horror when Monica tells Janice that they're buying the house next door. Yes, we've we've often bemoaned the sort of decline of Chandler, haven't we? After they get together, when he eventually decides to fake hit on Janice to get rid of her, it's actually really convincing acting from Matthew Perry in the sense that. It's convincing enough for Janice to believe it's real, but we, the viewers, get to see how agonising and awkward it is for, Math- for for Chandler's character. Do you know what I mean? It's really a great combo of like plausible but really outside his comfort zone. Well, we also don't see the plan coming. We don't know that he's going to try this before he does. It's do a real we? Hail Mary, isn't it? Uh, which is a, t- a term from an American sports beat. You're welcome. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. The American footballs, I believe. Talking of American football, I was reading earlier about the American footballer who's just signed one of the biggest contracts in sport history. How much? 10-year contract. He's getting over half a billion dollars. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Mad. I would love half a billion dollars right now. Almost as much as the Friends characters got per episode. <laughs> <laughs> what, what amount would you take right now if someone said, we're going to buy your podcast? I'd take a quarter of a billion. A quarter of a bill? Yeah. Oh, that's good of you, isn't it? Yeah. I'll prop us up for for five years at least, eh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we have the whole ring roll. Janice appears. She decides she definitely wants the house because Monica and Chandler are going to be neighbours. And like you say, it's a complete uh, out-of-the-blue plan from Chandler to, to, to hit on her. And it's, and, let's be honest, a risky move. Well, yes, especially with his with his wife in the building. Yes, and they do a, they do a big old smooch as well. Yes, it's true, yeah. Which is excellent physical acting. Again, another great Matthew Perry moment when he properly lurches backwards. You know, his whole body is like it's being pulled by a string from behind, like a ragdoll. Um, but yeah, and then so Janice decides to be the strong one, as it, as it were, and, um, and, and, and leaves forever. And that's, that is, that's a wrap on Janice. That's a wrap on Maggie Wheeler. Hard done by character on Friends, isn't she, Janice? Well, also, the other reason she's quite hard done by, and that's probably understating it, is that she is compared in this episode by Chandler to Hitler. (laughs) Which, when it comes to to Janice getting a raw deal, I I mean, that feels like the ultimate raw deal. Yeah, it's even at this stage when they're both clearly in loving relationships, Monica and Chandler deem that having, you know, what I would think is having someone that you know and you sort and you trust on some sort of level being your next door neighbor quite a positive trait really right rather than it could could their next their new next door neighbor could be anybody else and until chandler creates it there is no awkwardness about the fact that they're exes janice isn't awkward about that she's fine no. it's only when chandler's like i'm still in love with you that that that, that becomes a thing that it becomes exactly and yeah it was interesting because I, I would have just thought at that stage they'd be like oh do you know what we, we know Janice, you know, she'll water our plants when we're on holiday and stuff, you know, like <laughs> it could be anyone. Like you say, Chandler says it, the only way it would be worse is if the Hitlers moved in. But I refute that. I do not think yes. that, is, that is true on any level. Very harsh. Um, but there you go. Uh, so, yeah, goodbye, Janice. Next, Estelle or Ross and Mr. Zell? Now, should, we, should we go for Ross and Mr. Zell? Yeah, let's Mr. do that Zell? one. I do think that this whole plot is possibly... <laughs> The the worst behaviour from Ross. Well, not only is it terrible behaviour and manipulative and behind her friend's back and all this sort of stuff, the whole thing is completely underhand. Uh, and he's properly messing with her life. But 
even if you take that away, the actual plan itself, it's so fucking mental that it, that it is so ludicrous that he's even tried it. It is sort of um, comprehensively selfish as well. The whole reason he's doing this is because he doesn't want Rachel to go to Paris, which I, on some smaller level, can understand from a she's the mother of my child perspective. But he seems to get over the idea of Emma being in France very, very quickly. It's just Rachel going that bothers him, not his daughter. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that they, they don't at all really reference him not being able to see his daughter. Like, and this, I guess this is from a man who flew to London to get married and forgot to take his son. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Ross, <laughs> Ross and Ben in general, and Ross and his kids, I wouldn't say, are the, and probably not some of the finest relationships in, in this show. But, yeah, you're quite right. That could have, it would have been such a more plausible and and I guess they were trying to build up to the romantic element of Ross and Rachel finishing off but the real yeah thing on the table here for Ross definitely as a father would be are you you're taking our child to Europe they try to knock the Emma issue on the head by Rachel explaining it away by saying something like the company that she's going to go and work for will pay for flights or something oh my it's god like, that that hang on that doesn't make the Atlantic any smaller. He's <laughs> he's still going to be really far away from it. Yeah, it's not just nipping over on a Tuesday night, is it, for a bit of Emma time? Like, you're still yeah. saying you can fly out whenever you want as long as you take, like, at least a week off work and plan your month around it. How good is Rachel at her job that the Louis Vuitton people are so willing to basically throw money at her, yeah. fly her back and forth whenever she wants, fly Ross out whenever he wants? Like, that is a big old compensation plan it is suggesting by this point that that rachel is a very big deal in her line of work isn't it well yes and that is only underlined by the fact that it's actually on reflection incredibly easy for ross to persuade mr zellner to take her back because ross has convinced this high-flying executive of an international fashion brand to uh, hire an employee, you know, like we must be talking hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, you know, commitments in terms of salary and health benefits and blah, 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 uh, in exchange for a replica pterodactyl egg and a yeah. tour of the Natural History Museum. Like, she must be absolutely great. Or Mr. Zanna's a fucking idiot. Why has she been fired? Because uh, she went to the interview with Gucky, do you remember? And uh, her right. and Mr. Zellner was at the next table. And so she went for another interview. I'd say that's quite a harsh reason to be fired. Yeah, I mean, the whole situation is a bit mad, isn't it? Definitely. Um, uh, and she's definitely, she would definitely have grounds for wrongful dismissal and all that sort of stuff there, because surely it's not illegal to to take another interview no. whilst you still have a job. Like, that is, that's not ideal for your current employer, but it's certainly not illegal, is it? After this the cold open where Rachel's going to Paris and she chases Joey off because he reacts so badly... Ross hatches this plan, this mad plan, to persuade her old boss to take her back. Even the final result is mad, the fact that he's persuaded him with just like a few trinkets of dinosaur bones and eggs. Yeah, a few little bribes. Before then, he didn't even have a plan. His his initial pitch was just to go in and go, will you take Rachel back? And Mrs. Allen's like, nope. 
And he's like, okay, well, worth a shot. It wasn't worth a shot, Ross. Absolutely not. That was not going to happen in a million years. And then the only way we find out about this dinosaur kid thing is that Ross just sees that he has a son and sort of takes a wild punt like, oh, by the way, does he like dinosaurs? It is next level meddling, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, in, in a way, it's incredibly impressive that he's managed to pull off what he has pulled off um, with very little in the way of bargaining power. He does eventually realise that Rachel's got to do what she really wants to do. Although, again, he ends up trying to stop her in the end. So He thought he was helping her stay here because because she was only actually moving because she needed a job, not because she really wanted to move. Yeah, um, But still, I mean, still, just talk to her. Figure that out before you mm. go on the mad negotiation with Mr Zellner. So the first time Mr. Zellner offers Rachel her job back is in exchange for a late night tour of the Natural History Museum, which for a man of Zellner's presumed wealth, I'm sure he could sort that out some way. Also, given it's clear that employees are are sacked for for not that much, I imagine that taking some sort of personal bribe in exchange for spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of the company's money on all these different incentives for Rachel. (laughs) That feels like pretty dodgy ground as well. Welcome to All Rather Mysterious, the podcast that aims to unlock the mysteries of the past with the key of fact. My name is John Rain. My name is Eleanor Morton. My name is David Reed. Please join us as we present to you mysteries that have baffled the world. You had any noises? What about um, a door creaking? Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't have to do this. That weird kadook that yeah, lights going off makes for some reason in films. <laughs> All rather mysterious. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Okay, so we said goodbye to Janice. We've presumably said goodbye to Mr. Zellner. I can't remember. I presume this is his last appearance. Uh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it's time to say goodbye to Estelle. And do you know what? I think Estelle's been hard done by here because Janice got to make a final appearance. Mr. Zellner got to make a final appearance. And Estelle gets booted off off, by Phoebe going, Estelle's dead. (laughs) (laughs) In the paper as well. Reads it in the paper. (laughs) I mean, there's there's definitely a sort of an inconsistency in the fact that Estelle's obituary would be published 
prominently in the newspaper alongside the first black man to fly the Atlantic, given that later on we find out that she only has two clients, one of whom's Joey and one of whom's a man who eats paper. It doesn't feel like she's sort of a big high flyer in the agent game, does it? Well, no. I was thinking if she's taking a cut from Joey, who is infamously largely out of work, and a man who eats paper, Estelle is really living off scraps, isn't she? What is that act? What is the... We see him right at the end at Estelle's funeral, and (laughs) he eats Joey's speech, and the mourners gathered to say goodbye to their family member and friend, Estelle, applaud the man that's eaten paper and i just can't figure out what the act is by any stretch i think not that i would but i think i could eat a piece of paper (laughs) yeah it's not it's not wildly implausible is it no and also pitch to me pete a job that might come up where you as an agent would go do you know who'd be perfect for that the guy whose only skill is eating paper yeah, I mean, it's it's the sort of thing that you'd see on Britain's Got Talent as the thing that Simon immediately buzzes for. Right, straight away. And that's it. I and can't that- think of any other purpose for that act. It does sort of add up that Estelle would have been at America's Got Talent, seen this guy eat paper and immediately sign him up, based on the fact that she signed Joey up after seeing him in the off-Broadway play Freud. <laughs> Yes, good point, good point. So uh, I'd, I'd, I'd say Estelle's judgment, not so good. She's, however, done justice by a great Joey and Phoebe plot. So, yeah, so, I mean, we've talked about Ross's mad plan, haven't we? I mean, on the scale of mad plans, Phoebe's plan to deal with this is not to tell Joey and then pretend for however long it takes to be Joey's dead agent in a series of phone calls. But if you could do the impression of Estelle as well as Lisa Kudrow can, then you'd have the confidence that you could pull it off. I do remember watching this for the first time and going, that is really good. Yeah, it's like, great. Really good. I was It's the sort away. of strain in the voice, isn't it? It's great. Although, although when you really analyse it, the fact that Phoebe had to check with Monica and Chandler that Estelle was in fact Joey's agent in the paper. She was like, Estelle Leonard, that's Joey's agent, right? Considering she barely knows who she is, she does a very accurate impression. Yes, that's true. I don't think we've ever seen them meet, have we? <laughs> well, no, and certainly not very, very, very much at all. And Phoebe's knowledge of Estelle was barely that she existed. So Very um, limited. She's pulled that out of the bag, to be fair to Phoebe. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so she rings home. They have this sort of uh, uh, sequence of Phoebe making up nice sayings about friendship to Joey and Joey falling for them, uh, which is, is, there is something very sweet, isn't there, about this, this plot line? She's essentially doing this to protect him from further upset, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. She's she's really sort of uh, uh, keeping his troubles at bay in that sense. Uh, but of course, after a couple of phone calls from Phoebe, Joey does find out from, from Alzie Booker that Estelle's died, at which point Phoebe calls. And that's, again, a really nice little scene. First, when Joey answers the phone, and it's such a, like classic joey reaction is it the big wide eyes and the sort of sit back into the chair yeah and the really nice out of area when he checks the, the number that, <laughs> that's wrong him afterwards yeah and it's actually it's a nice little way to leave it because you know in his mind it's him uh saying thanks for everything to estelle her saying no hard feelings and you know 
I'm off to heaven now or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is like, again, in real life, you thought Joey would have at least mentioned it to one of his friends later and gone, my dead agent called me earlier and they'd have gone, let's get you to the hospital, boy. Yeah, it's all written off quite quickly in quite a, uh, in quite a poochy return to his own planet sort of way, isn't it? <laughs> Estelle died on the way back to her home planet. <laughs> Uh, but it is it is it is sweet the way it plays out from Joey's perspective. You know, she he gets to forgive her. She gets to say good luck with the career, uh, and that's the end. But yeah, it's. I mean, I can only presume that June Gable, who plays Estelle, wasn't available to do a last appearance or uh, of some sort at least just at the start. Because and I did that thing where I was like, well, she had she already died? But no, she's still she's still kicking about now, mate. Yeah, and you you'd imagine that she take every opportunity to be part of the last episode that her character's ever going to be in in Friends. Maybe there's a whole other story there, Peter. Maybe there is. Maybe someone will do some digging for us. Okay, Pete. Here's a sentence I haven't said for a while, but shall we do the quiz? Uh, Yeah, I feel like I'm going to let everyone down. Look, be that as it may, there's, there's no, there's, there's no way out of it, is there? There's yeah, no way okay. out of it. Okay, let's see what we can do. Okay, Pete, where do you want to start? Whose quiz would you like first? Uh, Pips. Pips quiz. Well, Pips quiz, Pete, comes with uh, audio answers. Okay. So the way we're going to do Pips quiz is I'll quickly rattle through them. You can just write them down or answer them and then we'll do all the answers at once, Okay. Five questions from Pip. Question one. What name does Rachel's boss call Ross at the Christmas party? Ron. Question two. What does Phoebe think Estelle's epitaph says in the paper? Uh, That she was the first black man to fly solo around the world. Question three. How many gifts does Ross give Rachel's boss and can you name them? Uh, Genuine pterodactyl egg replica. (laughs) I think it's three gifts, yep. but I, c- I think I can only name one. Okay, the general genuine pterodactyl egg replica. That one, yeah. Okay. Question four: Who is on Rachel's orange T-shirt? Um, the Cookie Monster. And question five: What does Estelle's other client do for a living? Well, do you know what we've covered this? Does he eat paper? Shall we find out the answers on yes. the recorded answer question voice note quiz memo okay, thing? Okay, yeah, go. Very smooth. Question one, the answer was Ron. Question two, uh, the answer was she was the first black man to fly solo across the Atlantic. Question three was he gives him a trip to the museum after hours. Uh, he gives a pterodactyl egg replica. Um, and then there's a skull at the end. Um, when Rachel says she's going to Paris anyway. Question four. uh, Cookie Monster. And question five. He eats paper. Okay, I'm happy with that. Yeah, you should be happy with that, mate. Thank you. Solid. Now it's time for Amy's quiz. God, there's a lot of great content being provided today. There's a couple of overlaps, I'll be honest, Pete. So this will should be easy for you. That's good. Phoebe says Chandler's shirt makes him look like he works where? Baskin Robbins. Correct. Question two. What large object does Mr. Zellner have in front of his office window? Uh, a ship. He has a big boat. Yeah. Giant boat. It's a weird guy. Uh, question three. Which character is on the front of Rachel's t-shirt? Is it the cookie monster? I think you'll find it is. 
Uh, question four, complete the Phoebe motto. Patience is the road to understanding. Is, so, is it something about true happiness? Is it something about happiness? Yeah, it is. I'll give you half a mark. For, oh, no, we don't do half points, do we? Oh, God. Infamously not. <laughs> Which is the key to a happy heart. Okay. So no half points, therefore... <laughs> the aggressive no sound. And question five, what is the name of the realtor? Very good question, and I have no idea. It's Ellen. Uh, I'd say a similar performance to that one. Three right, two wrong, roughly. Not a bad score, Pete. Well, I've not embarrassed myself, have I? And that's the main thing. Not embarrassed yourself. Well done. Thank you for your suggestions and your quizzes and all of the above, Pip and Amy. What an absolute treat. Uh, Next week, uh, another one of your requests, which we haven't yet delved into the tombola of requests and picked one out, have we? No, not yet. All in good time. But we shall. Until next time, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. those noises hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.